We have uh, a special treat for you today. I have closed my message a little early to make room for a report from the missionary field from the Cressmans. So Pastor Fred and Cindy and Isaiah have been in Malawi serving the Lord and we in small part support them as a church. So they're here to give us an update of their trip and the way things have been going. So I'd encourage you to uh, pay close attention so we can see uh, how the Lord is glorified in their work overseas as well. So. Really grateful that, that you guys have welcomed us back um, to just kind of give you an update of what of what we've been doing. And it, it's hard to believe that it was been over a year ago that we came and um, shared with you all the vision that and the mission that God had put on our heart to um, to actually move to Malawi and to minister to the people there. And it just, it's, we couldn't believe it. When it's time to come back here, because we had made plans to come back this summer, it, it just hardly seems that a whole year has passed or over a year, but um, we're really grateful to be here with you. We've spent a little bit of time with our families, our biological families in, in Colorado and in Iowa, but it's always so good to come back um, to the Brainerd Lakes area because that's where our spiritual family is. That's where um, the family of our heart is. And so we're, we're really glad to be here. Um, I just wanted to give just a little bit of an introduction. We have a really short video that just kind of does gives an overview of our time there, and then Fred has a few things to share with you. Um, we've been in the country of Malawi, which um, for those of you who don't know, it's in sub-Saharan Africa. So as you look at the continent, we're down in the bottom right. Um, it's it's we have just the World Bank just announced um, their new rankings of economical economic development worldwide and Malawi has the unenviable position of being the poorest country in the world and so that was a real blow to a lot of our friends there um, you know we always knew we were near the bottom but we're definitely the bottom of the barrel right now um, it's a country about the size of Pennsylvania um, geographically but we Pennsylvania has 12 million people. We have a 17 million. And of those 17 million, um, over 1 million are orphans. Um, one in three um, people have are HIV positive. Um, so that's a huge, huge problem. And it's the reason we have over a million orphans. Um, we... The, the average life expectancy is 42, so we would definitely be dead um, if we were had grown up there. I mean, there's very few elderly people there, um, obviously. Not that we're elderly. Not that we're elderly. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, but we are over 42. Um, so, anyway, it's just, it's really, um, the, the situation is just really, um, it, it can be so overwhelming, you know, to, to go there and to, and to see, wow, there's this many people. Uh, the organization that we work with, um, we have about 200 orphans, AIDS and malaria orphans that we work with, them and their guardians and their families. And we have truly, the name of our branch of the organization is called Ancient Path Community, and we truly are becoming a community. We've, you know, with the, the bringing in the families, the the other siblings, you know, anybody the, that are, are that live in Kalieka now know who who Ancient Path is, and that we're there for them, and that we're really um, we we just really want to minister them to them in the name of Jesus. And so, um, in a country where the average um, the average wages are a dollar a day. Um, it just seems, you know, it, 
they, they just feel very hopeless. And so it's been a, a, an honor to come to them and to just try to extend to them the hope of Jesus Christ. And so um, it's, been, it's been a really fast year and a really um, amazing year. We, we could go on for days and tell stories, um, and we kind of have since we've been back. <laughs> you know, we're always we're bending people's ear all the time, but um, God has just shown up so amazingly while we're there. Um, our organization, um, we, we have a, a feeding program. We have a discipleship program. Um, Fred works with training of pastors there, and he'll got, talk about that a little bit. Um, we also um, have a program that's kind of like a, a Wednesday. We call it our Wednesday-Saturday um, Chifundo Kids program where it's all the it's orphans and the poorest of the poor in that neighborhood that are that are brought in. We teach them the truth of God. We give them a place to belong, a, a family. Um, we feed them, and and that's part. That's a portion of our program. We also since we have also started a school, and um, so now we have preschool, first, second, third grade, and every year we add another grade because those kids get another year older. Um, and we're looking at starting a, a high school this fall um, because, because of what God has placed on our heart as a need there. Um, so there's just so much going on. But um, this the video will give you a little bit of an overview of what we're doing. Um, the very first picture that you will see is of the street that is the main, the street in Kalieka, the main road that we are on every day. Um, and all of our kids live on that main um, road and back into the, the village a little bit. So um, you'll see, you'll just kind of get an overview. It goes pretty fast, but um, you'll get a flavor for what we've been doing. And then Fred will share afterwards a little bit.
That, uh, that video is always tough for me to get through. Uh, I don't think I ever can watch that without um, just devolving into tears. Um, but um, a, a couple of things we want to share with you. First of all, Cindy is right. We could, we could stand here and talk to you all day um, about everything that God is doing in uh, the area of Malawi where he's privileged us to be able to, to serve because um, there is so much going on. Um, a couple of things we wanted to share with you. Uh, somebody asked me the question a, a while ago. I uh, asked both Cindy and I, well, what, what has been the biggest surprise for you since moving to Malawi, um, because uh, for those of you that may or may not know, I, I, um, both Cindy and I have served in ministry here in Cross Lake for many, many years, so we pastored the Long Ch Log Church for about 13 years, and we um, took a short-term mission trip to Malawi, and God just did something in our hearts there. He broke our hearts um, for the uh, just for what was happening in the lives of people, he connected our hearts in a, in a deep and profound way um, to, to the people that we met and the people that we were able to begin to be in relationship with, and he gave us a calling, and we, we realized that, and, and so over the course of about a year as we were realizing this new, new calling, God gave us the courage to be able to be able to take the next step, which was to resign our position at the church, to sell our house, and to begin preparations to move to, uh, to Malawi long-term and to serve uh, the Lord uh, there in whatever ways he, he called us to, to serve. Um, all the research that I had, we had been doing beforehand says don't expect for much to happen in the first year um, because we'll be learning the language, learning the culture, just getting acclimated. And so I think one of the biggest surprises for both of us is just how busy the year has become and how many things God has done and, and the privilege that we've been able to have to be able to just walk with a lot of people over this last year. So we're so very thankful for that. Um, the two things that really stick out um, for us are, are two things. Number one is that when we went, you know, we wrote down on a piece of paper before we went kind of the vision that we had of what we thought we would dream of seeing seeing happen in, in Malawi. And as we have reviewed the year and we've looked at that list of four things, every one of it's we didn't wake up every day and look at the list and say, how can we make the list happen today? Uh, we didn't really look at the list all year. Um, but as we did some review and thinking about our return trip here, what we found out is that every one of those things, by the grace of God, is what's happening through our ministry in, in Malawi. And one of the things that we wanted to be able to do is, is to, to be able to, well, the, in the way that we say it, is to stop for the one. We wanted to be able to, we didn't go with this master plan or this, this huge developed strategy. Uh, we just went to serve God and to give ourselves uh, for his sake and for the sake of the people that he's called us to serve. But we wanted to be able to stop for the people that God put in front of us. And what we've learned in Malawi is that, as Cindy has said, the needs are so deep. They're so significant. Everything is broken in Malawi. Every social system is broken. The government is broken. The church is broken. The educational system is broken. The health care system is broken. Everywhere you look, every system is broken. And everywhere you look, there's deep poverty. There's brokenness everywhere you look. Everyone that we meet, 
where we are working. Everyone has a story of abandonment. Everyone has a story of deep pain, uh, of deep struggle. And so if we were to start to look at that big picture, it just is too overwhelming and so very painful. Because if you look at the big picture and all the needs and the depths of the brokenness and the hurt and the depths of the oppression that, that is everywhere, um, I think you would just lose hope and give up. And so what we wanted to be able to do is just every day ask God, God, what do you want us to do today? Put the people in front of us that you want us to have an influence and an impact on. And Lord, give us the wisdom to know what to do in each circumstance. And so that's really the, the perspective that we've had in, in moving to Malawi is to say, Lord, today we just want to be able to stop for the one. To stop for the one whom we serve and to listen for his voice and to say, God, what are you having us to do today? And then to stop for the one that he, he puts in front of us. And, and by the grace of God, um, we've been able to do that and we continue to have that as our aim and along with that goes, I think, the other theme, and that is, is the privilege that we've had to be with people. So what we're doing in Malawi is not so much about um, accomplishing goals or establishing programs, but it's about really developing community, as Cindy said, and being with people, uh, being the hands and feet of Christ. So we would, we would say that's an incarnational ministry so as Christ is in us, now us being with those that he's called us to serve. And so um, I just wanted to share with you a, a few examples of what I'm, I'm talking about. Now, it's important for you to understand the scope of our ministry. So the ministry organization that we serve with is called Ancient Path. And Ancient Path is an, is an arts and compassion ministry. So it, Ancient Path endeavors to, to teach are orphans and to teach young people um, the arts and through the arts to demonstrate the power of the gospel and through the arts to to tell the story of the gospel and so that's a large part what the focus of the ministry is now we are not artists uh, Cindy and I aren't the people to come and do productions and and all those sorts of things. I mean, I sing and play guitar, and Cindy sings as well, but that's kind of where it stops. Um, but, um, but we do have a passion for discipleship, and that's why God has brought us to, to, to Malawi. So that's the primary role that we have within our organization. But there's three kind of uh, what I would say territories or communities that God is open for us to serve in. The first is Kalieka. Kalieka is a, a township area, if you would, a slum area in Lalongwe, which is the capital city of Malawi. Lalongwe is a city of about a million people. Uh, Kalieka is one of the poorest areas of the city. It's on the southern side of the city. Uh, it's very much like the villages in Malawi. All the roads are dirt. They're, the roads are terrible. Um, there's very poor services, so there's very poor water available. There's very... There's uh, very poor electrical power that's available. People live in very simple homes. Uh, uh, many of the homes do not have electricity at all, and many of the homes do not have water coming into the home as well. So it's very simple, but there are thousands of people living in Kalieka. And when on the video that we showed, you saw that there was a panorama scene that was shown that went left to right. And we showed that because that's the community of Kalieka where we serve. This is where most of the ministries that we're working with happen. 
So as Cindy said, the Chifundo's Basket Program, where we're feeding about 100 and 160 uh, orphans now twice a week, and we're doing discipleship and tutoring and things like that with those kids, the younger kids, uh, that's happening in our center in Kalieka. The primary school is happening in Kalieka. The discipleship group that we work with, which is about 25, 25 to 30 young people in their, in their late teens and early 20s, uh, that is also focused in Kalieka. Although the scene, you'll notice it looked like there was a living room with a whole bunch of people sitting in the living room. That's actually our living room uh, where we live, and that's our discipleship group. That group meets three times a week for prayer, for worship, and for studying God's Word together. And uh, that is a, just a, such a wonderful group of, uh, of young people that we're privileged to walk alongside, walk alongside of. So we have our uh, discipleship, vocational training. You saw the picture of the, of the man uh, with the sewing machine, the, uh, this man that smiles a lot. And so that's Guape, and just a wonderful man, and he's teaching tailoring to women in the neighborhood who want to learn a skill so that be, they can begin to earn a living. And so we have, uh, we have uh, that kind of vocational training. We also have adult literacy. We have about 70 women in our community, primarily women in our community, who had to drop out of school because they either got pregnant or they had to get married at a very young age. So um, they, uh, when they saw that we were offering adult education, they began coming to us in droves because they wanted to be able to earn their equivalency of a, of a high school diploma. And so now what we're doing, is we are hired, hired teachers, and the teachers are, are teaching every day young women in our community so that they can, can uh, gain their diploma and have a better opportunity to be able to earn a living for their children and for their, their families. And that also happens in, in Kalieka. Now, the Lord has also opened up another door for us to minister in a village area that's outside of the city, up in the, at the hills, the, the mountains, they would call them. We would call them hills, uh, south of Lalongwe in an area called Sanjiko. Sanjiko is kind of a, a, an area of villages, and there is a network of churches called Ebenezer Churches. And those are the churches that we're working with and walking alongside pastors and doing, pastors and doing mentoring and training. The reason that started was one of the pastors that I had a relationship with, Pastor Chikwanje, he came to me one day in Kalieka, and with tears in his eyes, he said, would you come and begin to train the pastors that we, that we have that we're working with? So there's about a dozen churches. Um, most of them are in, in this area that we're working, but some are in the southern part of Malawi and some are in Mozambique. None of them are trained. These are just, just men who got saved, they got born again, and they started sharing the gospel with their friends and neighbors and, and, and people that were in the village, and churches were birthed. And they're, they're preaching the gospel, they're trying to be faithful, but many of them are illiterate, and, many of, and almost all of them have no training. And so Pastor Chikwanji asked if we could start training them. And so after prayer and discernment, we agreed to begin doing that. And so we, every other month, we do a formal training on an aspect of, of uh, pastoral leadership. So it may be um, um, how do you live the Christ life in the home? How do you set an example in your community? How do you study the Bible? How do you interpret the Bible? How do you preach things like this that we're talking about? And so uh, every other month we do that. 
And then on the in-between months, then we go and actually visit with pastors in their homes. We go and sit with them in their, in their, in their homes and share meals together, and they give us tours of their villages and introduce them us as to their people, and we share heart-to-heart -heart with one another about what they're going through and what they're experiencing. And so that's what the mentoring of pastors is looking like right now, and that's what we do in Sinjiko. And then this last year, the Lord opened up a door for us to begin working in, in the uh, United Nations refugee camp that's on the other side of Lalongwe, of the capital city. So on the north of Lalongwe, there's what used to be a federal prison called Zuleika. A new federal prison has been built, and now they use the old federal prison to house about 30,000 refugees who are from uh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Burundi, Tanzania, some from Rwanda, uh, some from South Sudan. But these are refugees that have come and are living at the camp. And this arose because we, we took a, a musical production that tells the story of the gospel called The Story of Love. We took that a year ago out to the refugee camp, and we are the, the Ancient Path kids. You saw the one picture of all the kids in the red shirts. That group of kids took that production, which is the telling of the gospel with, with music, with drumming, with dancing, and with drama, and we presented that out at the camp. And... While presenting that out at the camp, uh, we were able to begin to co-labor with the pastoral leadership that's at the camp. So there's a network of pastors called, uh, and a network of churches called the Zaleka Christian Church Union. And the leadership of those, of that uh, organization, is who we've been partnering with over the last year. And you saw there were, as one of the pictures of at the, toward the end was uh, a picture of three, um, three uh, men, pastors, that were standing together with, with Cindy and me. And uh, so those were the, the, our leadership out at Zaleka Camp. And we've also begun to do some pastoral training out of the camp as well. So those are the three areas. So we have Kalieka, we have uh, Sanjiko, and we have uh, Zaleka. Uh, and so just wanted to explain that in terms of what we're doing. None of that, by the way, did we plan before going. It's just that God provided opportunities and we did the best we could to just to try to step into those circumstances, to stop for the, the individuals and the people that God put in front of us and to be faithful to what he's called us uh, to be able to do. And that really is what everyday life is like for us in, in Malawi. Uh, every day we're coming to Kalieka. We actually live in a different part of the city, but we drive to Kalieka every day and we get a chance to be a part of people's lives. And our dream is to eventually move into Kalieka, into the township, and be able to live there among the people that we're, that we're serving. Um, now, there's a couple of, of things that we want to share with you. One is that outside, uh, out in the fellowship area, we have a display set up, and there's a display board that has some of the stories of things that we've encountered. And I just wanted to share a couple of those stories with you as we, as we close today. Uh, one is that one of the things that we, you see in Kalieka is that there are kids everywhere running all over the place. And as you come in the morning, there, there's kids. And we wonder, well, where are, why are the kids not in school? What's, what's going on? 
And we noticed that there were two twins that were always in the neighborhood, and they were always coming up to us. But they were always, um, they were about four years old. We found out that their name was Prince and Princess. They were always dirty. They were always wearing clothes that were ripped. They were always hungry. In fact, Pr Prince, who is the boy, and Princess is the girl, I need to clarify that. Prince was always wearing Princess's dresses, uh, walking in the neighborhood. And of course, um, we were just drawn to the kids. Cindy, especially, is drawn to all the little kids and the babies, and they're drawn to her. And so, but every time we would pick up Prince and Princess and carry them, because they always want to be held, we would pick them up in our arms, but they always just smelled like pee. They were always hungry, and we had to try to figure out what, what, is, what is going on? Where are the parents? And we did some investigation, and we found out that Prince and Princesses uh, have a single mom. There's no father in the picture. Um, um, the, the father had abandoned the family, and we found out that the mother is working all night. There's nobody to put the kids to bed at night. There's nobody to get the kids up in the morning. The kids are not going to school because the mom can't afford money for, the, for prince and princess to be able to go, go to school or to even provide food. And so what we did is we, we went to, we found out where, where the mother lived, and so we went and we, we met with the mother, we talked with her, we prayed with her, we shared with her that, you know, we love you and we love your kids and we're here and we just want to be a part of helping you. And so by God's grace, we were able to enroll, enroll the kids in school. In fact, um, Cindy's mom and dad just felt a calling to be a part of that, and so they're now paying for the school fees so that Prince and Princess can be in school. So they're enrolled in our Ancient Path Academy, which is a, a primary school, as Cindy said. So the kids are going to school. We were able to buy the kids a uniform. We were able to buy them some more clothes. Every, uh, every day the kids have to bring something to school to eat. We noticed for a while that even after we enrolled them in school, Prince and Princess were not coming to school. And we said, well, why aren't they coming to school? It's because they didn't have any food to bring to school to eat during the day and so we made sure now there's there's food that's provided through ancient path for prince and princess when they come to school and every day when they're coming they're getting affection they're receiving love um, every day when we're in the neighborhood whenever we see prince and princess we're giving it we try to always have something with us some bananas some some uh, cookies something that we can give give to them um, uh, to Sherry, you know, in fact, it, just before we were coming here, it was so funny because one day we had had, so I'd been up to the village and one of the pastors had given me a whole bunch of ground nuts or raw peanuts and they love to eat those. And uh, so we had some of those and we, we, we gave some of the, the peanuts to, to Prince, but we had also been passing out bananas. So on one hand, Prince was holding a handful of ground nuts and then the other hands he had a banana and he was so conflicted. He said, how am I going to peel the banana? Because if I peel the banana, I'm going to have to drop the ground nuts. And if I start to open the shells on the ground nuts, I'm going to have to drop the banana. So uh, he just took both of them home, and I think they, he and his sister probably shared, shared that food. But there are thousands of children like Prince and Princess. They have nobody. There's, there's, in fact, what we would actually find is Prince and Princess would be, would fall asleep out on the ground uh, in the neighborhood, and there would be neighbors that would just take them and lay them inside the house. But how many other children are there like that? Now, we can't do, we can't do all thousands, but we can do the ones that God puts in front of us.
We also found out that uh, we noticed that there was another young child that was a little girl that was hanging out with Prince and Princess all the time. She was about their same age, about four years old, and we tried to find out what her name was. And at first we thought it was Witness, but after a while we learned, no, we misunderstood when she told us her name. Actually, her name is Beatrice. And then we started to do some research and find out what Beatrice's story is because the situation looks similar to Prince and Princess. She was always dirty. She was always hungry. She didn't have a place. It even took us for a while to figure out where she was living. And what we found out is that she wasn't living with her parents or with her, or with her uh, immediate family. She was living with an aunt, which is very common in Malawi. Um, but then when we dug down a little bit deeper to find what the real story was for Beatrice, it was so heartbreaking. Because what we found out was is, is that just a year before that, Beatrice had been living in the village with her mother, and she had six siblings. But the mother had be the father had abandoned the family, and the mother had become pregnant again with twins. The mother couldn't afford to feed the seven kids, not to mention the twins that she was going to be giving birth to. The mother was desperate. She was at the end of her rope. She didn't know what to do. And so she began to tell her family members, she says, I can't feed the kids. I can't do anything with them. So I've decided that I'm going to, when the, when the twins are born, I'm going to keep the twins, but I'm going to have the kids killed because I can't feed them. So the family members heard what was happening. And so the, the aunts and the relatives started to come one by one to the mother. And they said, don't do that. We'll, we'll take the kids. And so all of those seven kids were farmed out uh, to other family members, and that's how Beatrice came to be living in Kalieka. And in fact, the aunt that had taken her in lived right across the street from our school facility. And so, uh, but we also found out that the aunt that had taken her in also has seven kids, and she's not able to feed her own kids. And that's why she wasn't able to pay the school fees for Beatrice to be able to be in school. And so this is where then Ancient Path entered in. And we were able to go and talk to the mom. And we were able to begin to pay the school fees. So now Beatrice is coming to our Ancient Path Academy. She has a uniform to wear. She has clean clothes to wear. She's receiving food every day. Um, and in some way, we're hoping to make a difference with Beatrice. And for every Beatrice and Prince and Princess, there are thousands of other kids. We'd love to tell you about Vinny, about Tom and Donnie, about Matalizo, and some of their stories are on the board and you can read about them in, in, in the back. Um, but these are the ones that we feel that God has, has sent us for. We've gotten involved in so many situations with orphans, with women who have been oppressed, with young girls who are in danger, and we've had the privilege to be able to enter in and be a part of being the hands and the feet, uh, the feet of Jesus. And so our work really is just beginning. And it's like an onion. We keep peeling back the layers, and there's more, and there's more, and there's more. But I think more than ever we feel convinced that this is the place God has called us to, where we get to walk alongside people. We're learning that discipleship isn't, it's not just what you're speaking, it's what you're living. There's so much gospel that's being preached in Malawi in the churches, but there's very little gospel that's being lived every day in the home. It's routine for fathers to abandon their families and for mothers to be raising their children on their own. It's routine for women to be oppressed. Rape is very prevalent in Malawi. Uh, sexual abuse is very prevalent in Malawi, even in the churches. Um, 
And we could tell story after story after story about the things that we've learned. But we also know that God is doing something and is beginning to raise up hope in Kalieka. And we want to be a part of helping to just keep move that, moving that along little by little. And so what you guys are doing by partnering with us is so important. And we, are, we want you to know today how grateful we are for you. We're so grateful for your prayers. We need your prayers. Our team needs your prayers. We have an all Malawian staff that we work with. We are the only white people in our organization, really in the township. And so we're so, we're, we need your prayers because we're all just working together to raise hope and to share the, the, share the gospel, to share the power of Christ, to see the kingdom of God come in Kalieka and to see the, the culture of the kingdom of God take hold in people's lives. So we're not just talking about following Jesus, we're in reality following Jesus in our daily lives. And that's our goal, that's our dream. And so you guys have a tremendous part of that, by the way, that you're praying with us, praying for us, and of course, by the way, uh, that you are supporting us financially as well. It's just been a wonderful blessing. And so lots more information in the back. Cindy and I will be at the back. We'd love to have more conversations with you. Uh, Ken, thank you so much for uh, hosting us today, for your wonderful message today. We, we love Providence Church. We, uh, we pray for you, and we want to encourage you and, and, uh, and, and pray that God will continue to strengthen you to do the work he's given you to do uh, here as well. So, so thank you all very much, and uh, may God bless you.